Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. The song represents a, obviously right, a metaphor for God who acts as our anchor in a storm. I read a, uh, another uh, metaphor f- using a boat this week as I was studying and reading, and I don't remember the preacher's name because I wasn't planning on using it in my message, but the metaphor of it was that there are times in our life when we hoist the sails to catch the wind of what God has in store for us. And uh, I think that since our anchor, we were at a conference, and the guy that is in charge of Oklahoma Baptist, and I think I've said this before, but anchor was the theme of the conference, and he grabbed this anchor and he held it up, and he said, because our anchor goes up. And I think if since our anchor goes up, we can hoist our sails and go wherever the Holy Spirit, the breath of God might lead us to go. I think that's a pretty cool picture too. Not only is God our anchor to keep us safe in storms, but, but God is our guide. God is our, the Holy Spirit of God is the wind beneath our wings. It is that that causes us to go where the Holy Spirit leads and to be who the Holy Spirit would have us to be and to do what the Holy Spirit would have us to do. Amen? Amen. Not to take anything away from your song, brother. Okay. I love it. I love it. As we were singing the Jesus is the sweetest name I know, I thought of the passage in Ephesians chapter 2 that also says this about Jesus. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, which being the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross." Death on the cross, which was to pay the penalty of hell for your sin and my sin if we will trust in and believe in him. And then it says this, therefore, therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Lord, with my tongue I want to confess. I hope you do too. Well, as I tried to prepare this message for today. I'm still in 1 Peter chapter 5. Last week we began talking about some of the imperatives 
some of the commands that Peter is closing this book out with. And last week we looked at the imperative command to humble ourselves. To humble ourselves. To understand our, our lowliest state under the mighty hand of God. That he at the proper time might raise us up. And then we were commanded to cast all our care upon him for he cares for you. It brings me to the next passage of scripture that begins in, in chapter 8 of 1 Peter 5. And I'm not sure, I'm going to read this verses 5 through 11 to you, but, but I am going to focus on those first two commands that you see on your screen. Be sober, be vigilant. This passage says, beginning in 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let me pray. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit might teach us truth through your word this morning. Lord, may the word spoken... Only communicate the truth of the Holy Spirit to us. Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear. I pray that you would give us a will to obey in all things. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Be sober. Be sober is the command of Peter. It is the, uh, it is the, the Greek word napho. And it means to be free from the influence of intoxicants. Right? I mean, when, when we hear the word be sober and, and to be free from the, from the influence of intoxicants, probably the first things that we think about, right, are intoxicants. You know, uh, alcohol, um, drugs, um, all, all kinds of, of different stuff and and taken literally on a physical level, it, it does mean exactly that. And, that's a, and that is a good word for some of us to hear. For, I don't know, I, I mean, it's, I, I was going to say we live in a day, but we don't live in a day any different than any other day. It was an issue when, when Peter wrote this as well, right? For when, uh, when trying times come, and, and, and frankly, not just, not just trying times. When celebratory times come, people turn to intoxicants. You know, I, and uh, 
They turn to the bottle or to drugs or smoke marijuana. I was watching a TV show this last week. Brenda and I have started watching and kind of enjoy the TV show Fire Country. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. It's kind of entertaining. It's got a lot of drama in it, a lot of stuff going on. I mean, it's kind of out there. But one of the stars of the show is a woman who is a fire chief or head of the fire crews, you know, in a mountainous area. And she has kidney disease, and she needs a transplant, so she's pretty sick. And one of her good friends on this TV show that we watched this week was a, a heart doctor from the big city who had all kinds of resources. And she came to visit this, this fire chief, and, and uh, this fire chief had not told her about her problems, but she knew. She knew anyway. She knew the problems. And uh, so they sat down at a table, and they ordered a glass of tea, and and uh, the, one, the fire chief looks at the other and said, you, you ordered tea. You always have a drink. Who told you about my issues? And so the lady reaches, I guess, in her pocket or purse, and she pulls out this little vial, and she unscrews it, and she lays out on the table a container of gummies. And the woman responds, oh... This is not a pity party. This is a pot party. And they get on with getting high. Right? So when you need to an escape from your distress, then we turn to alcohol, we turn to drugs in today's environment. We can turn to gummies. Now, this, this is not a message on drinking and drugs, right? It's not. If it were, it would be so easy to preach, though, because clearly, clearly from Scripture, that lifestyle is not for one who is a follower of Jesus. I mean, you can hear people justify all they want, but the... The truth out of the Lord's Word is that that is, not, that is not for the follower of Jesus. But this, but this word, be sober, most of the time in Scripture, is used metaphorically to be free from intoxicants. Right? Not, not always, literally, don't drink, don't do drugs. Okay, it's, it, it includes, you know, one of the commentators this week that I read said that it includes ordering and balancing life's important issues, which requires the discipline of mind and body that avoids the intoxicating allurements of the world. I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you this morning. Just a little comments in between. First Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul used it in a metaphorical way. And again, remember, we're, we're talking about primarily these first two words, be sober, be vigilant. He says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, 
But let us watch and be sober. There's that word again. Let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet the hope of salvation. That sounds familiar, right? Spiritual armor. Here he's, he's, contrasting, he's contrasting this life, this life of light, this life of darkness, this life of being awake, being alert, being sober versus not being spiritually discerning. And, that, and that's what it's about. It's about be spiritually discerning. In Luke chapter 21, this is Jesus speaking, and he says this. He says, take heed to yourselves. Now, I don't know exactly what all that means, but I think what it means is this. You need to think about this. Take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day come upon you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. And then he says, watch therefore. And pray. That word watch is that word napho that was translated be sober. Watch, therefore, and pray. A couple of times we've already looked at it in the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13 says this Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. <laughs> Sounds like take heed to yourself. Think about this. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Same word. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And just in the last chapter, 1 Peter chapter 4, you will remember us talking about this probably where Peter said, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful. There's that word, watchful in your prayers. So I hope you get a feel a little bit about this word, be sober, is. The next word we want to talk about is the word vigilant. Be vigilant, he says. It's another imperative. It's another command. Be sober, be vigilant. It's, it's the Greek word gregorio. Gregorio, and it means to keep awake or to watch. It's used by Jesus in several different passages. One is in Mark you chapter 13 where it's used like four times. Right? To watch. He says, be vigilant. It means to watch. He says, but of that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Take heed, watch, and pray. For you do not know when the time is. It's like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work, and he commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Watch, therefore. For you do not know when the master of the house is coming, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping 
And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. Watch. Command of Jesus in that passage. Take heed, watch and pray. Watch, watch, pay attention. And probably the passage I'm going to spend the most time on this morning I'm going to read it to you now, but I'm going to talk about it in a few minutes. It's in Matthew chapter 26. And it's the passage of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus tells his disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. You know, when when Peter says, Be diligent, watch. Be sober, watch. I would imagine his memory goes back to this time. He went a little further, Jesus continues, verse 39 of Matthew 26. He went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed, O Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then he came to his disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know, and as I, as I study about these two words, this be sober, this be vigilant, it's, it's, he's saying be ready, be watchful, don't go to sleep. Don't go to sleep. You know, it is so easy. It is so easy to be lulled to sleep spiritually. We are, we are so busy. We have so much stuff going on. We have work. We have family. We have kids, grandkids, parents, all of the activities of life. And then you throw on top of that the way that we distract ourselves purposefully distract. I've already shared with you one of my distractions, watching TV. And then we purposefully distract ourselves with with stuff until time just gets eaten up, doesn't it? You know, with watching TV or surfing the internet, playing video games. You know, if you're younger, I don't really play video games. This last Friday, we went to my son's house in Enid and spent some time with the grandkids and my grandson Calvin just asked me over and over, Grandpa, Grandpa, come play video game with me. Grandpa, come play video. I hate video games. <laughs> because I'm a, I get addicted to them. If I stay with them very long, because I got to win. I got to get to the next level. I got to, I mean, those of you that play video, you know what I mean, Right? So I, so I don't play video games. I haven't played video games in years, but I, but, I said, I, but I wanted to spend time with my grandson. So I said, okay, let's go, let's go play a video game. 
And I like wasted the next two hours of my life. <laughs> because I'm terrible. I was terrible at this video game. In fact, he would, get, he would get aggravated at me and take the controller out of my hand and run a play. Right? Because I just I wasn't doing it right. But we get so we're so distracted on purpose. Innocent stuff. Not evil stuff. For the most part. I'm talking about innocent stuff, not evil stuff. But stuff that gets so time consuming. You know, we're looking at taking a vacation with my brothers in three or four months and so we're trying to find a place to go. I don't know if you've ever done that online. But I'm telling you, that takes days. You know, to figure out where to go and what flights you can take and what, what uh, transportation you can use. And, and, and my goodness, in this day of Airbnb and VRBO and all that stuff, where to stay. And there's millions, millions of stuff. And I wasted hours. It's not, it's not wasted, it's necessary. But you understand what I mean. And I'm studying this passage that says, watch. Be spiritually discerning. Make sure that your priorities are right. Watch how you spend your time. Be sober. Be vigilant. Our calendars get so full of stuff. We have to, we have to decide where and on what to spend our time. We have to discern what is good from what is best. That passage that I read in Luke chapter 21 where Jesus is talking, take heed to yourselves, let your heart be weighed down. And one of the things that he says our hearts get weighed down with is the cares of life. I mean, yeah, he said drunkenness and carousing, and maybe we want to focus on those. But, you know, but he, but he said it, it's the cares of life that, that drag us down. Matthew chapter 26, he said, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Flesh is weak. You know, and I hear myself preaching, and, 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 I, and I think, okay, pastor, you know, what, what do you want me to do? Right? What are you saying? What? Be sober. Be watchful. Be vigilant. Don't vigilant. Not vigilant. Vigilant. Don't go to sleep. How? What does that look like? How do I how do I how do I do that? So I want to share with you. I'm just gonna throw out a couple of things and then I'm gonna focus on one. How do I do that? First we make our priority of the word of God. Make our priority of the word of God. We, we cannot be sober and be vigilant and be spiritual discern, spiritually discerning to what's going on around us if, 
if we take this and we lay it on the table at home and we don't dive into it and we don't read it and meditate on it. We just don't. You can think you will. You can pretend that you will. You can even say that you do when you don't. But the reality is without the the power of the Word of God in our life, it ain't going to happen. It just ain't going to happen. I mean, I know it's true because it happens in my life. Right? I mean, it does. It happens in my life. When I get too busy, so busy, that, that I don't stop and take some time to spend in the Word of God. And not just, I'm not talking about getting a daily thing on your phone that's a devotion that takes you 30 seconds to read and put it back and, oh, there, okay, done that. I mean, that might be better than nothing, and it especially might be really good if you meditate on that and think about that throughout the day. But there is no substitute for diving into the Word of God. I mean, you can take your Sunday school lesson. You can take a devotional book. You can use the backside of your bulletin that Brother Robert has laid out for us, a guide to follow, to, to read through the Word of God in a year. I, I don't care how you do it, but we are not going to be obedient to this passage of Scripture to be spiritually discerning without the Word of God. That wasn't even part of the message. Second thing, and I didn't really even think about this one until I got here and I saw the bulletins printed. So the second thing that I would tell you, right, on what does it look like to be watchful, to be vigilant, not to go to sleep spiritually, is to consider your walk. Consider your walk. On the front of this bulletin, it says, carefully consider, carefully consider the path for your feet and all your ways will be established. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26. Ponder the path of your feet, my new King James says. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. And then verse 27 says this, Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. If you want to be serious, be watchful, be vigilant. You want to be spiritually discerning for the days that we live in, then watch your walk. That's not part of the message either. Part that is part of that message is that the other thing that Jesus said every time he used that word that we talked about, watch, he said this, watch and pray. Watch and pray. And you think reading your Bible is hard. Spending the time in prayer that Jesus is talking about is hard too, or maybe harder, because it is fought against by an enemy. You, I mean, you know. Jesus says, watch and pray. I want, to, I want to take you back to the passage in Matthew chapter 26. I don't have it on the screen, so you'll have to turn to it in your Bible or just listen to me. 
says, Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, sit here, sit here while I go over there and pray. He later goes back and he finds them asleep. He took Peter and the two other sons of Zebedee and, and he took them and he said, my soul is sorrowful. He said, stay here. Stay here and watch with me. Sit here. Stay here. We're not good at sitting here and staying here and praying. You can pray in your car driving down the road, but for some reason I don't think that's the kind of prayer that Jesus is talking about. He said, sit here. He said, stay here. It says, then he came to his disciples the third time, excuse me, and he found them sleeping. Found them sleeping. Re- remember, the, remember the word watch. Wake up. Don't go to sleep. He found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, What could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's hard work to watch, to sit and watch and pray. The Bible says, And he came to them and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them. He left them. And he went away again and he prayed the third time. The same words. And then he came back to his disciples. And he said to them, Are you still sleeping? Behold, the hour is at hand. Rise and let us be going. I'm telling you, I don't know that I've, that I've ever thought about it necessarily before, but this morning and this week as I'm reading that passage, it just strikes me as so sad. Jesus said, sit here, wait here, stay here, pray here. And they went to sleep until finally he just had to wake them up and said, The purposes, this this is Marty, the purposes that I brought you here have not been fulfilled in your prayer, in your watching, in your sitting with me. But we go on. And he went and was arrested and went to the cross where he willingly gave his life for us. You know, the... There's a revival going on. I, I say that. I, I haven't been there. I just read stories. But they are amazing stories. About what God is doing on campuses with college students. And, and not just college students. I mean, I know two men, and I, I talked to our Wednesday night group about it. I know two, two men who are pastors that are respected leaders 
that I know that got in their cars and drove nine hours to go be a part, just to see it, who have said, this movement of God is real. It is palpable. I went to watch and became a participant. I mean, I know there may be some negative stuff coming out about it. Frankly, I haven't read any of it. I guess I'm not friends with those people on Facebook or something, but... But everything that I've read says that this, this is a real movement of God. And, you, and you, know, you know where it started? It started where we started last week and in this, in this morning. It started with an attitude of humility. College students that were no name. Leaders that were no name. Still don't know who they are. that said, Jesus be magnified. And they spent time in prayer. And they are experiencing, I say they. <laughs> I so long for it to make its way to Tuttle, Oklahoma. It's where I read the article about the old, an old-time theologian that said that there are times when the Holy Spirit moves that we raise our sails to catch it. We raise our sails to catch it. One of the stories that I read from a guy that actually used to be on staff here in the late 70s, a guy named Rick McKinney. Rick McKinney. Rick said he and his wife Jane were walking around Asbury Chapel and no matter what side of the building they were on, the wind was blowing towards the building. <laughs> With God all things are possible. That's an astounding thing. The Holy Spirit of God on the move. You know, in, in Acts chapter 1, when we first read, uh, we don't first read about it then. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit of God manifests itself and comes on the disciples. But in Acts chapter 1, where, where the apostle Luke that wrote Acts is telling, you know, the rest of the story, right, so to speak... He says this in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, and, and being assembled together with them, this is talking about Jesus, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. But to wait. To wait for the promise of the Father. And then a few verses later in verse 12, it says, and they returned. They returned to Jerusalem from the mountain called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, Judas. And it says, and all these continued, continued. The word means to be earnest towards a thing, to persevere, to be constantly diligent. And they continued with one accord in prayer with the women and mother, the Mary of Jesus, and his brothers. 
And as we know from that, the Holy Spirit came. So, it's time for me to be finished this morning. Church, here's what I know we need to do. We need to wait on God with a serious, sober, focused, spiritual mindset and pray. We want to see the morality in our country turned around. You want to see all of the issues that upset you and get you fired up changed? We want to see our leaders lead from a godly perspective. I know this movement seems to be about 20-somethings, but let me tell you something, the Holy Spirit of God is not going to quit with 20-somethings. Second Chronicles. Right? Second, you guys know this passage. Because church, it's... It's up to us. It's, it's us. It's Christians that are going to make this happen. When the Holy Spirit of God fills our sails and we are obedient, we are repentant, we are obedient, we are walking, watching the way we walk, we are in the Word and we are praying, I'm telling you, there's some stuff that's going to happen. And I am so excited. You know, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, you guys have read this, right? You know, Solomon has built the temple. It says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon and said to him, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or show pestilence upon my people. And can I tell you something, folks? That's exactly the shape we're in today. We got pestilence. If my people, my people, not somebody else, my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Folks, that's the answer. And as this spark of revival that is going on in universities kind of across our country, if you've read about it, I mean, I, I, didn't, I haven't read about it in a couple of days, but I know it's still going on at Asbury. I saw a, I saw a video that was taken of just thousands of people on the campus of Asbury University in lines, you know, four or five wide for lands. I don't know what it looked like, a mile. People coming from all over the world, from Australia, from, I can't even remember the others, from all 50 states to get a taste of what God is doing. It's, it's wonderful on one hand and it's sad on another. 
Because the Holy Spirit of God is not limited to, to, a, to one place or two places or three places. Folks, it can happen in our town. It can happen in your life. Starts in your life. Starts in my life. You know, there is a... uh, I'm going to quit. There is a uh, thing that is quite a coincidence that's going on at the same time. This, uh, This Thursday, February 23rd, just happens to be the uh, National Collegiate Day of Prayer. And uh, there is a live simulcast that is being done from a college university at like 6 o'clock our time, I think, on Thursday, the last two hours. Guess where it's coming from that's been planned for a year? Asbury University. There's a website called collegiatedayofprayer.org that I, I say I found. I don't know how I found. You know, it, I, I've done so much reading, it just, you know, come in some link or something. And when I logged on to this website, the first thing that comes up is adopt a campus. And I thought, that sounds pretty cool. I think I'll click on that. And it brought up a map of the United States, 4,100 and some universities. And each one of these universities had a green dot if they had been adopted, and they had an orange dot if they hadn't been adopted. So I got to looking at that. And there were a lot of universities in Oklahoma that hadn't been adopted yet. I mean, and this this thing's been planned for months. They started this thing, Lance, I don't know, two or three months ago in, in getting the website going and seeking prayer and all that kind of stuff. But it hadn't caught fire except for the last week. So, so I got on there and I started clicking on universities. And I said, I want to I join. I want to pray. I want to adopt a campus. Right? Well, I'm a Sooner. I graduated from OU, so I picked OU. And then I thought, well, that's not entirely fair. And I thought about old Kale and his girlfriend back there that go to OSU. And I said, God, I don't want the revival to miss OSU. And you know, before I got done, I got like nine universities that I'm praying for. Because I thought about I thought about Jacob Hinkle at Southwestern. I thought about Kylie at OU Health Sciences Center. OBU. Yeah, I mean, there's so many. So I've made 50 copies of this. They're out there on a table. They're back here on a table. I want to invite you to join me in praying for this movement. By adopting a campus, you can go online and adopt yourself. You know, I, I didn't really know what was doing as I was doing it, but it put my name out there on all of them, right? You know, you click on OSU and there's like four of us praying for OSU, me and three other people. Till Kim found out about it and she'll be on there this afternoon. Amen?
Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray, church. Let's pray that God send the fire of the Holy Spirit in revival to His place. Amen. Wayne, come lead us in a hymn. I told, uh, I told the church a little bit about this on Wednesday night. I got a text message on Thursday morning from one that was there. Said, can I come to the church at 10 o'clock this morning and pray? Said, you know, I got to find places to, for the kids. And I decided, I thought, you know, I, I don't have to be at church to pray. I'll just pray from home. And she said, but God wouldn't let me off with that. God said, no, go to the church and pray. So she did. I thank God for people that are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They're willing to be obedient to what God says. And I'm telling you, church, I sense that we're this close. I'm, I'm this close. Oh, the Holy Spirit of God is so real. I know we don't sense it often like what I think God wants us to sense it, but the Holy Spirit of God is so real and so powerful. I say, Lord, come. You stand as we sing this hymn of invitation. I'm sorry that I've kept this a little bit longer. You may be here today, and you may, you may, the Holy Spirit of God may be speaking to your heart either to get right with Him, to spend time in His Word, to spend time in prayer, or He may be speaking to your heart to give yourself to God. Can I just say, the only thing that you need to do is to be obedient to that. Be obedient to the Holy Spirit of God, whatever He's speaking to you right now in this moment. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U, at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.